Welcome to Bad Movie Brunch. I'm Luke. I'm Katie. And we're and we both are back in Los to... Angeles. <laughs> that we are. That we are. And and if you and if you're in Los Angeles, sorry, I forgot we were doing that, Katie. Fuck fuck that was cute. Um <laughs> you're adorable. Um if and if and since we're both in Los Angeles, that means we're at least six feet apart. Yeah, for sure. Um but in this case we're like probably like a good fifteen minute drive apart. Mm-hmm. It's classic um, bad the traffic, brunch. Yeah, the traffic would be dead. Mm-hmm. Um because it's quarantine season and um, while it's nothing to joke about, there's still a lot of memes and it's been fun. <laughs> um, and in the spirit of the coronavirus and the way it's like starting, starting to affect us as Americans and our, our personal lives and our professional lives and our loved ones, um, we decided to go with a little osmosis Jones. Um, Katie, did you find this movie to be scarily relevant as you, uh, watched it sitting here in 2020? Well, Luke, uh, my reaction, more or less than relevance, is that I just forgot how... So It's just the grossest movie, man. It's... Oh, my like, God. All the stuff, all the animated stuff that happens in Frank's body is fine. But, like, all the live-action bits with Bill Murray made me sick to my stomach. And, uh, yeah, I, I got that more than anything else in terms of relevance. But it was really interesting to... Think about like how a virus gets into a body and how it disrupts the whole system and like the ecosystem of the body and seeing that break down. And I think this movie is very clever in how it does that. Oh, I yeah, I couldn't agree more. And like just like the me- it's like a fable. Like it's mm-hmm. like the message of like, hey, just wash your hands before you eat. And also maybe don't eat like shit. Mm-hmm. And also like maybe do a little exercise here and there. And I'm like, all right, I get it. Fuck. Like. <laughs> I'm not I'm not nearly as gross as Frank. Like when I eat a hard boiled egg, I don't put a mayonnaise packet on it or dust salt on it for that long. Mm-hmm. But I still I still uh you know, I still could learn a thing or two. I think th- I think this uh virus has everybody washing their hands more and more, which like freaks me out a little because like I don't know, like were people were people not washing their hands before or were they just not washing it for like the allotted time? I don't know, I don't, man. I don't know. I because I remember watching, like being in food service and washing my hands to the point that they were like crack, and now I'm back at that point again. And uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. Were people not washing their hands? It just seems like the thing to do. I think maybe not all the time, or maybe just really quickly, or maybe like mm, I don't know. I just think. When I yeah, like when I worked at the movie theater, I was like hand sanitizing and like washing my hands like excessively, just like scalding all of my like DNA off my hands. <laughs> um, and I would still like now now you can't work in a place like that because those places are shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, but like shit, like before all everything like got really like shuttered or whatever, I can't imagine what it must have been like to to have to be working in the service industry amid all this craziness. Um, something else, and I hate to get off uh, super off topic, but are you at all thinking about the impact this might have on movie theaters? Like, yeah. I, I, Cause I can't, I cannot get over it. Like, and I don't, I don't know. It just hits kind of close to home to me, obviously, but uh, just having worked uh, at the 400 for so long mm-hmm. when, we, when we were in Chicago um, and independent theaters are, are going to get like rocked, but like even chains, if they don't get like a fucking bailout or something 
are going to be screwed. And this could be, I don't want to, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but are, are, are you thinking at all that this could be the, the tide that turns it? If everybody can just, if onward can come to digital the, like the, the same week as it goes to theater, it wasn't that, but like if it can and people are still going to pay the money sitting at home, like, you know, it could make a movie theater irrelevant at this point. And streaming was already like giving people that, that fear. Um, but theaters were still hanging tough. I don't know. I just feel like now people cannot, they do not have the option to go sit in a theater. My and thought, will people be gun shy to sit in a theater? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but will, will people be sensitive to even go want to sit in a theater even after all this is done? I feel like anxiety is going to be so high for even like the ramifications will span months after the fact. My thought is that I think that when we are safely out of the storm of this, that people will want to return to normalcy. And I do think that things will pick back up again. I'm not sure they will ever fully recover, but I do think that they will recover enough to continue operations. But yeah, I do think, because I think that the communal aspect of going to see a theater still has real worth like i i remember when when i first moved out here or like actually shortly after when we first moved out here and uh you had moved back to chicago uh angela and i went to go see coco at a theater in van nuys and i have never in my entire life heard anyone violently sob at a movie the way that i heard people sob at coco and it made me feel more connected to people like, I, it, it, cause it clearly hit them more than it hit me, which gave me more of a respect for the movie. And I love Coco, but I, it, it didn't, it, I think that, like, for a lot of people, like, it, it meant more to them, like, culturally and meant more, like, in, to their families. And I think that's really beautiful. Or, like, seeing Get Out in a Chicago theater and, like, oh, the it was wild. big, it was insane. boisterous experience of the cheers at the ending. Like, that's, th- that's a rush. That's, wh- th- I love that. I love that connection. And I think that movie theaters are so like going to church. Like, I feel the same kind of connection with people in going to movies that I do going to church. Like, I'm surrounded by all yeah. of these strangers. And I've probably talked about this before. Like, I'm surrounded by all of these strangers. But we're all here for a common purpose because we want to hear stories. We want catharsis. And even though we won't, probably say anything to each other i still feel bonded to people in that like hour and a half to two hours absolutely i think that's really well put dude and i i hope like i mean again i could be overreacting and my hope is that things the ball is kind of in the court of the big studios it's up to people like disney marvel like well kind of one of the same now but um, WB, everything like that, if they decide to not do this again and they're only doing it because people are, are, are home, um, then, you know, theaters will be fine because mm-hmm. people have to. Yeah. And they will. Um, but if, and I don't think it's possible when I stop and think about it, because if you get eight people in a household, I don't know. Can, can, if Wonder Woman 84, so say we're still in this coronavirus. Mm-hmm. If Wonder Woman 84 come like doesn't have its release date and in this dream scenario wb released wonder woman 84 right into your tv to to purchase for like 20 bucks is there any way it makes like a billion the way they want it to i don't know 
I honestly wouldn't pay $20 for it. Like, I think that that's, oh, w- that's See, too much for me. But, um... But, but, but if you're in, but if you're sitting on the couch, you and, you and Erica are on the couch, it's $20 and you think about the fact that it's the same day you'd see it in a movie theater, you don't have to pay for concessions and that's a $10 ticket each. That's a good point. But even so, like, I, 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 I still probably, you know, I, what, what is kind of, what I'm thinking more is that I can get a lot of old movies on like Netflix and Hulu for just the subscription prices. So I think that's more it, is that I think that for me personally, I'll be less interested in seeing new movies just because so many older movies that I've always meant to watch are at my fingertips. But I don't know. I mean, I'm sure something will come out that I'll be like, oh no, I I have to get a ticket. But just out of like cheapness... And that's kind of the way it's always been. But, like, the the allure of going to the movie theaters and, like, making a night of it always kind of made me more excited to see new media. It's, it's like, my favorite thing to go do. And yeah. even though I'm just, like, I'm, I'm taking a break from sitting and watching TV in my uh, uh, apartment to going and watching a big TV, at, mm-hmm. like, at a place with other people, it still feels like an accomplishment, a, de- a destination. It makes me feel productive. You know, I don't see any like something like the new Beverly or anything like once we get through all this like being hurt. I mean, it's Tarantino's theater and everybody wants to go. It's cinephiles that sell out that theater all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't see a place like Music Box in Chicago being hurt once we're through all this because they have a really devoted, a devoted, loyal audience. And it's a classic, uh, you know, movie house. But the, the, the people I worry about are the people in, in the middle that aren't the big AMC conglomerate and aren't the like niche, like backbone people. If studios start releasing straight to, to, to theater, I don't know. And I, I, I just, this is an osmosis Joan episode, so we'll get to it. I just fucking, this has been overwhelming me. And I keep saying the same sentence to Taylor and she's like, Luke, we're getting married, but also you're annoying me. So like, um, (laughs) talk to, talk to Katie, talk to Katie about this. Um, so cool. Regardless, I had the pleasure of renting Osmosis Jones right there on my television Excellent. through Amazon, mm-hmm. uh, Amazon Video. Um, so I love having things right at my fingertips that way. Technology is sweet. And upon revisiting this movie, uh, like I said, scarily relevant. Katie, what were the what, what were the critics saying about Os- Osmosis Jones back Funny. when this was released in two thousand? funny you should ask i have this wonderful review from rita kempley at the washington post and if you don't mind i would like to read it aloud to you read it read it it's called osmosis jones gross anatomy and kempley writes osmosis jones should never have been released not even on video it should have been placed in a hazardous waste container encased in concrete and dumped in the farley brothers septic tank from whence it doubtlessly emerged along with the bulk of brethren stinking ouvoir. Uh, Peter and Bobby Farley, the makers of There's Something About Mary and Dumb and Dumber, have not stooped to new levels, for that would be impossible, but they do expand their horizons beyond the alimentary canal in this revolting comedy about a slob named Frank, inert Bill Murray, and his vividly animated innards. Along with comical references to hemorrhoids and the like, they milk the humorous potential of snot, spit, sweat, and whatnot. With the help of animators Piet Kroon, the Iron Giant, and Tom Sito, the Little Mermaid, the movie takes us inside Frank's barely functioning body. The voyage, while colorful and imaginative, is not a fantastic one, but it does provide a respite from, from the outside story, which is a lot duller and much more disgusting. 
By cross-cutting between the two Melos, uh, the Farleys are able to demonstrate the entire life cycle of a pimple. On the inside, it's home to the Zit Bar, a hot spot that caters to bad bugs like the viral Thrax, voiced by Lawrence Fishburne. The villainous virus aims to off-rank in 24 hours with the aid of a gang of goons from the pits. That is, unless Osmosis Jones, voiced by Chris Rock, a white blood cell with the Frank, P uh, with the Frank PD can bust him first. Osmosis, a jive-talking hot dog who is forever breaking the rules, is hampered in his quest by the dorky Drix, voiced by David Hyde Pierce, a 12-hour cold capsule who insists on playing by the rules. And if that weren't enough, he's distracted by a femme fatale of a red blood cell, voiced by Brandy Norwin, and a hamstrung by political machinations of Mayor Fleming voiced by William Shatner. Basically, what you've got here is a lame parody of a buddy cop movie that's even more awful by the external story of the widowed Frank and his young daughter Shane, Alina Franklin, who wants him to start taking better care of himself. He has been eating nothing but junk food since his wife died. And Shane is worried, not to mention embarrassed by her dad, who does things like vomit on her teachers. They say you can die laughing. If so, if so this movie is life insurance. Osmosis Jones' 95 Minutes at Area Theaters is rated PG for crude humor. <laughs> so yeah good god scathing review from ms rita kempley august 10th 2001 my lord all right well on the flip side i have william thomas from empire uh-huh uh, uh giving it a four of five stars um remember the old beano cartoon the numbskulls about creatures controlling your body Scary Orwellian implications aside, it was a great idea, and here it is, dusted off and given a live-action animation makeover. Picture a David Cronenberg cartoon with fart gags. It's a lot funnier than that sounds. Kids with their propensity for giggling at anything bodily functions related will have a field day. Meanwhile, adults are catered for by an extremely sharp script, stuffed with beautiful touches, mafia-like melanoma cells, a bureaucratic mayor, and top one-liners. It's billed as a Fairly Brothers movie, but Peter and Bobby's influence extends purely to the disappointed live-action segments. There are gross-out moments galore, but it seems like the Fairleys haven't got their hearts or any other bodily organ in it. Murray is suitably sleazy as the oafish Frank, but is as wasted here as he was in Charlie's Angels. Which is like, fuck, I love seeing a review where we're like, remember also, in, this is 01, Bill Murray was also in Charlie's Angels. Remember that blockbuster? <laughs> um... He's Thankfully, Bosley, the animated right? side of things is inspired. I n well, I thought Bernie Mac was Bosley. Oh, okay. Huh. I don't even know who he was. Hmm. He must have been wasted, according to this review. Yeah. Uh, Thankfully, the animated side of things is inspired. Directors croon and Sita revel in the sheer scale of their human playground, unleashing a barrage of visual gags, many of which will escape detection until additional viewings. Their larger-than-life, retro-styled animation is reminiscent of an episode of Duckman, with a higher production value. Voice-wise, Rock is... Uh, Chris Rock, got it. Is unusually restrained... Unusually... Oh, okay, got it. Unusually restrained as the sassy Jones, and Fishburne is memorably nasty as Thrax. But it's Hyde Pierce's prim, priggish, deadpan dricks, a cross between Buzz Lightyear and Frasier's Niles, who steals the show's Dr. Empire's diagnosis. Go see Osmosis Jones. If sadness symptoms persist, see it again. It's a great... It's a great work of body. Oh, my God. What a fucking brilliant writer, regardless. Mm -hmm. So I have to ask, wh uh, what side of the fence do you sit on, Katie? Do you do you lean toward your scathing review or this this glowing review that Empire from Empire that just sounds like it's reviewing like Citizen Kane? I'll say this. I never want to watch Osmosis Jones ever again, but 
that's because it was too gross for me. There are parts of it that are really enjoyable, but I, I honest, I, I agree with Kempley and that I think that all of the live action stuff was too much. Like I, I think it's clever that they did animation in the body and live action out of the body to, to, for the outside world. But at the same time, I feel like the gross stuff with Frank might have been more palatable had it been an animation. Because it was live action, it was just so visceral. And I, I, I don't know, I don't think I'll ever watch it again. I, did you watch it uh, much when you were a kid? Was, no. Was this the first viewing? Okay. So what, this was your first time? Well, I, I had seen it before, but it had been years. I think I, I, I don't think I've seen it since it came out. I watched it a fair amount uh, as a kid. I thought it was, like, super funny and enjoyable. And then I also remember, like, I feel like I had, like, a health teacher, like, in middle school that would put it on when he was hungover or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I got to watch it in school. So, you know, other great memories of not having to do actual schoolwork. Um, re- revisiting it, I felt gross. It's not – it's it's definitely – it does a better job than other movies have in, like, making me want to restrict my diet and take, like, better care of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, coronavi- coronavirus aside – like, I, I think of movies like Super Size Me, and when I watch that, I know I'm, like, supposed to be disgusted, but I'm like, shit, I really do like McDonald's. <laughs> so, like, it really doesn't gross me out. I'm like, ah, give me some of those, uh, Morgan Spurlock. Uh, I, I'll, t- I'll take a Super Size Fry. I wish I still existed. I'll take a quart of Coke. Um, but watching this, I'm like, Jesus, this is so, this is brutal and gross. And also, like, it's one thing to like i feel big time inside out parallels uh Mm -hmm. nowadays like seeing it since that released and uh it's one thing to like get in my head and inside out and like think about my emotions it's another thing to like see cartoons like in this disgusting wasteland of body parts and thinking i don't have to see my insides you know what i mean i can hear my thoughts but i don't have to see my insides so like having to think about like what happens if i eat pizza four times a week like i want to and like the the kind of gross stuff that's doing is like somehow way more uh way more shocking to me like osmosis jones is this eye-opening wake-up call to me which by the way i give it pizza for lint so i'm not eating it four times a week and also like taylor would kill me but uh i would like to and uh if if i did that i would be no better than frank Mm. Uh, in this movie I do think the 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 animation side of this movie is like a way better flick mm-hmm. um it's a great buddy it's a it's a great buddy cop team up it's a great uh I like the love story I think the virus is really interesting Lawrence Fishburne while menacing is kind of a a, a pussy virus because um he's like oh like talking about his like three kills and I'm like bitch we can't even I can't even leave the house like so like in t- maybe you were scary in in twenty, and I know there was like an Ebola mention in this movie too, which was yeah. ahead of its time in terms of like that whole shit that went down. Um, what? But what? Okay, so upon rewatching this, I watched it with uh, Erica, and we were discussing like when I was like, when you, "Would you watch Osmosis Jones with me?" She was like, "Yeah, that's the movie where Anthrax is the bad guy," and I guess this occurred just before the the Anthrax panic that happened and i guess thrax is like a a regular like suffix for 
like lab created diseases. So I don't know. Oh, um, it, like, like it's clear that he that that Frank got thrax from the egg, right? That like was dropped in. The, oh, absolutely. The, the from some from some gerb that came from either the egg, the monkey's hand, or the bottom of the monkey's pen, or something from hand, his unwashed hand. It's unclear. Like a, a combo. It's like it's this Molotov cocktail of like disgusting Frank. So we looked it up, and I guess that there's like a bunch of people who have been trying to figure out like what what exactly that Frank has, like what what Thrax is, and it seems to what people mostly come to the conclusion of, or at least the theory that they come to, is that the monkey might have been a lab monkey before it was brought to the zoo, and he carried Thrax with him. So I thought, like that's a very interesting theory if that is at all what they intended. And I, I think that, that that gives the the movie an interesting kind of perspective about like also what we do to animals and like how that can how diseases can carry over from animals to humans. You have no idea how much I appreciate the links you go for this <laughs> podcast. And uh, I, I never thought to dig that deep into Osmosis Jones lore. Here I am. Uh, proclaiming to be uh, a lifelonger, uh, a 20-year-long fan, and, and I've never even thought about how he contracted it and whether or not it was a lab monkey. That's some deep shit. The other you're, thing, you're a sleuth. Well, the other thing is that actually my one of my roommates, Craig, told me something that's that totally blew my mind, is that so... Yeah, yeah, go Craig. So he told he basically explained that the at the very end, there's a fight between Osmosis Jones and Thrax. And... Total Os- showdown. Osmosis Jones kills Thrax by pushing him into like like they get out of the they get outside the body, and Osmosis Jones pushes Thrax into a cup of alcohol. And even though technically it's alcohol that kills Thrax, like Frank's because Frank is so gross, he has to have a good immune system, right? And technically, since it's Osmosis that kills him, his immune system is the thing that killed Thrax. Whoa. Right? Isn't that cool? So, I mean, good for Frank. Like, that's, that's like, means he could get super, oh, he he doesn't, don't they, they hike at the end, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, he makes the turn into being a healthy guy. But if his immune system is that good, like you're saying, mm-hmm. and he, he was able to survive this, this horrible Thrax, then he should be fine. He should live another like 40 years. He's also be fine. I mean, Bill Murray. Also, because I think that what the movie implies is that the, the mayor Fleming voiced by William Shatner is corrupt. And what is what brings Frank to make a lot of these bad decisions. So now that mayor Fleming is out of power, I think that the movie kind of implies that that's what was holding him back. Not just his choices, but also that he was run by a bad politician. And now that somebody else is in charge, his body can better take care of himself. So Mayor Fleming is also like a pretty major uh, antagonist in the film. For sure. And here we are in an election year with, uh, with like different States, like completely like shelter in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another way this movie is again, scarily relevant in 2020. <laughs> um, the politics and the, the, the crooked politicians and like, the decision making and the the individual over um, like the masses decision making that goes into William Shatner's corrupt mayor of Frank um, is alarming and uh, draws parallels to other people we might be seeing in office right now. Mm-hmm. 
that's the it's thing scary. that's the thing that made me think about coronavirus the most now now that i'm i'm rethinking your question over whether or not i i felt a relevance in this film and i really did with the mayor character because he's so interested in getting to this like wing festival that'll just make things worse that he's not taking care of the basic things within the body that need to be fixed and i found that because he he wants to be a popular politician and pretend that nothing's wrong and that i felt very eerie and uncomfortable and extremely relevant yeah, and then you have you have Ron Howard, who's like Bernie Sanders in this movie, <laughs> who's like, the this is the bowels. It didn't used to look like this here. Mm-hmm. Like this fucking amazing politic commercial. Oh god, his this name is good. It's got layers. It's so good. Good layers. Mm-hmm. Um, Katie, anything else you got to say about Osmosis Jones? Uh, just in summation, Osmosis Jones is too gross for me to watch again, but I respect what it does. I think it's an incredibly, like, smart movie, and I think that all the animated bits are great. I think it's a fun and, way like, to learn about the body. I w- totally. I think it's a fun way to learn about the body. I couldn't agree with you more there. I wondered with you, like, how you felt about it. Like, you, I, I, I value your opinion on animation above all else. Mm-hmm. So I was really curious how you felt about that. I thought it was very pleasant animation. I liked the way that, like, like Osmosis has, like, Osmosis and all the people have, like, protoplasmic hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, it felt very pleasant to me. I don't know what, it was, like, a satisfying look. It looked cool. They're always, like, kind of glowing. Um, I like the Iron Man superhero esque look of uh, of 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 drips. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I thought that that side of it was really great. Has that have these people that uh, directed the animation or or did that work? Have they done any other? Maybe you already said this, and maybe I spaced out. Have they done any other stuff that like you enjoy or have seen? Well, in this uh, article, it's mentioned that. Um Let's see. Do 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 do. Uh, that Pete Croon and uh, Tom was involved with The Iron Giant, which is a beautiful film, and Tom Cito okay. was involved yes, with The fuck, Little Mermaid, which is great. But I do think the directors were the, the Farley brothers. Oh, for the whole thing? Like, they directed the animation, too? I think so. I mean, I'd have to look more Got closely it. at the credits, but oh, they're definitely the directors overall. Man, dude, your, your uh, review roasted There's Something About Mary, and I love that movie. <laughs> But that yeah, with all that said, all you gotta say is wash your hands, look out for each other, um, don't hoard things unless you really really need them. Um, and LA's not out of food, so as long as everybody's nice to each other, we'll be okay, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I think right? so. Drink some vitamin C. Um, this is very scary, and I'm not downplaying it, but we're gonna be all right. I hope yeah. to God. <laughs> I think so too. Um, Oh, thanks. I was, I was, I was really fishing for you to like pat my back and like be like, Luke, it's fine, dude. You're not, you don't have to convince yourself. I'll convince you. I'm Katie. I'm a dear friend, <laughs> and uh, uh, I'll make you feel better. Although we have to set up some sort of FaceTime viewing of flicks now because this, this whole, this whole far away from each other ain't cutting it, Katie. Now I've had a taste mm-hmm. um, of of in person brunching. So yeah, I love in person brunching. Yeah, that's the goal. That's the goal. Mm-hmm, for sure. All right. All that said, I've been Luke Taylor. I've been Katie Grotzinger. Have a good one, folks.